Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This episode of the Cult Popcha podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Bam! Surprise podcast! Ah! <gasps> yeah, that's God. right. You thought you weren't getting a podcast till Monday. You scared but the shit out of me, dude. I what was is lying this? in my room on my bed and all of a sudden I hear BAM! And I'm, I run to the microphone <laughs> and the headphones. I'm like, what's Richard doing on my computer screen? Yeah, it's recorded a podcast. That's right. A cult publisher mm. podcast on Friday. What is this? Early... 2018 <laughs> or any time before or any that? time before that pre-july 2018 or whenever we switched um yeah yeah that's right we've decided to do a little surprise podcast and extending our oscar season series by an episode um to be honest the main reason we're doing it this way is because uh we our the next episode was due out to come come out the day of the oscars and we were like, ah, oh, we do want to, fe- we, you know, it feels like we should have some kind of us predicting yeah. winners I, and stuff before I, j- I just feel like we're, um, y- you know, because we all we all watched the eight nominees. Um, mm-hmm. We, referring to myself, Richard, I'm joined by... Aaron Richardson. And... AJ. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we all watched all eight films and... We don't want that to go to waste because, I mean, how much are we going to want to talk about the losers when mm. the winner comes out on Monday? So we didn't yeah. want to waste the knowledge that we currently have. And also, this podcast is for you guys. So you can listen to this and then at when you're at work on Monday or on Tuesday when and they've, they've talked about the Oscars, they're breaking them down, uh, you can pretend you've seen them and just mm. steal our opinions on them. Yeah, so- I'm going to call this episode Best Picture Cheat Sheet. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so this is your cheat sheet for the Best Picture nominees. Yeah, Um, and so, yeah, there will be an episode coming out on Monday as well, so after after the Oscars. So you get two Oscar episodes this week. Yeah, cool. So the way we're going to run this episode is, and uh, I do just have one bit of uh, admin beforehand, um, and that's just a congratulations to our good friend and longtime fan of the show, Brent from Texas, who's just had a baby. (gasps) Congratulations, Brent. I think the baby's name is Mel, but that might not be the baby's name. Well, we won't commit to that. And um, (laughs) we'll just say congrats, Brett. Good on you, mate. In case it's insulting. (laughs) I I don't know. Maybe it's someone else and the word Mel was written there for a separate reason. But if Uh, it is Mel, welcome to the world. Yeah, if you you ever want us to do a shout out, you know. Let us know. And I apologise to Tyler Braley, who we didn't congratulate when he had his baby, now no. that we've set a precedent for congratulating fans <laughs> when they have babies. Oh, we, I've 
Plen- I know plenty of listeners who have said babies. Okay, well, maybe <laughs> between this episode and the Oscars post-mortem, we'll yeah. release a just congratulations if you've had a baby since mid-2016. Or got married or, you know, yeah. a divorce. Also, did Brent from Texas message you specifically and say, hey, guys, I have a child now. Um, can oh, I get a shout-out? Oh, I'm too mature for your podcast. So, um, <laughs> it's not, it was nice while it lasted. <laughs> the, thing, the thing with Brent from Texas is he was our first uh, – well, what, I feel like he was one of our first fans who wasn't just someone we're Facebook friends with, right? Yeah, but and we now are now he, Facebook yeah. friends with Brent. <laughs> we've ruined the allure of that because we got to know him because of this podcast and was like, hey, man. Let's yeah. be friends in real but life. So we did just, I just saw on Facebook that they had a kid. Um, okay, so the way we're going to run this episode is so it's just going to be pretty much a breakdown of the eight Best Picture nominees, what we thought of them, what you should think of them, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of touch on what we think we'll, we'll win. But I'm going to do this in the order of not alphabetical, not reverse alphabetical, not saving the darkest hour till last because AJ keeps referencing it, um, which is what <laughs> I did last year. Um, but I've been... Looking at like betting websites for what the official odds are for these films. And so this is going off uh, com B-W-I-N, uh, which is a sports betting website. B-Win. B-Win, I guess. Uh, so if you want to B-Win, go to this website, I guess. It's, <laughs> I want to B-Win. So this the odds are for like every dollar you put on, this is how many dollars you could get if you know it's that result. So what they have is the least likely to win is uh vice with 151 dollars to the dollar is the odds so if you put in a dollar you'll get 151 dollars back is that based on the fact that vice has not won an award like a best picture at any of the other award ceremonies or i I guess it's probably based on the things like that i think these kind of beats because i don't know if they're like place or or it's to do with how many people are betting on each of them kind of thing right i think that's probably got something to do with it but yeah i think this is definitely uh quote unquote the underdog but it is nominated for uh eight awards including also director uh lead actor for christian bale supporting actress for amy adams uh, supporting actor for sam rockwell original screenplay makeup and hair styling and editing so i spoke pretty briefly about this on our most disappointing of 2018 podcast but you guys have now watched it, so mm. I would love to hear what you guys thought. Who wants to go first? I don't know. AJ, I feel like you're you a better... No, nah, Aaron, you go. You, you start us off. Do it, should I start off with a brief description of the the movie? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, <laughs> basically, uh, the movie follows the like rise of... Um, Look, I can't remember the guy's name off the top Dick of my Cheney. head. Dick Cheney. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> basically follows the rise of Dick Cheney from uh, a near-do-well in um, Indiana, wasting his life away to um, becoming the vice president of the United States and basically responsible for uh, innumerable acts of horror and terror inflicted upon the world. Um but yeah, that's basically how I would describe it, and it basically—it's good yeah, description. It just follows chronologically his movement from um, low-level Washingtonite to uh, becoming the vice president of the United States. Mm. Um, he's played by Christian Bale, um, mm. who has put on a lot of weight and since play. lost it all. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's so thin now. Yeah, like he's not just lost the weight; he's thin. Right. It's classic Bale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's it's not- Bale. <laughs> 
For the next role, or he's just like, nah, this is my natural body? Uh, I think for another role. But uh, I saw an interview with him where he was talking to... He, he talked about how he spoke to... Gary Oldman. So he'd put on all this weight and then Gary Oldman won the Oscar for Darkest Hour. And he was like, oh, shit, man, how much weight did you put on? And he was like, none. What are you talking about? No one does that anymore. <laughs> and he realized that like the, the makeup and prosthetics they can now do are so good that there's no point you know, putting put your body on the line. Job. <laughs> so now he's, uh, yeah, no, Christian Bale's now said that's probably the last time he's going to do a dramatic body transformation, which he's famous for because he's getting older and it actually is starting to have an impact on his body yeah. and the effects are now good enough that he doesn't need to. Yeah. It's interesting though because you, I would say <laughs> that like the subtleties of weight change wouldn't necessarily be something you could like like consciously think of you know what i mean like you wouldn't you wouldn't know what it was like to be like bigger until you were bigger right you know yeah. like, there's like oh, probably I mean, subtle things you, prosthetics or sure that. right so from an experience like a, a method acting point of view it is better to put on the weight yourself so you see the the way the world is when you're heavier yeah and also like you know your body becomes that way yeah. or like your mannerisms become that way like necessarily because of like physiological things as yeah. opposed to like i'm a skinny guy in a fat suit so i can still do backflips yeah mm. well i mean i guess that's that comes down to the acting doesn't true. it that's but true. uh and speaking of the acting christian bale is great in this film yeah I thought. <laughs> For someone who plays someone who's described as an incredibly boring bureaucrat, it's a fascinating performance. Yeah. But mm. so, Aaron, Yo. you messaged us the other night and you had a pretty strong opinion on this film. Do you want to share that with the, it's so we'll bad. Share that with the group? Oh, fuck, it's so bad. But it's like... It's bad because they can't, it seems like they can't just let it be the story of like Christian Bale's or Dick Cheney's rise to like, there's so much obtrusive editing and like, there's so many. And it is nominated for best editing. Fuck, it's, I can't understand it. There's like just these weird cuts to like stills of like, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an actual physical example, but there's just yeah, these There was weird... a lot of like cutting to fishing and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's because Dick Cheney fishes. Yeah. Um, but what? yeah, oh, it's so bad. And there's so many things that like I think I would put in a movie now, but that's not a good thing. That's like, <laughs> it feels like they had a whole lot of ideas in the room and were like, let's put them all in and cram them into this movie and ruin any chance it has of being a successful movie. Yeah, that was kind of my review of the film was because Cards on the Table, I did enjoy it. But I, I think it's because it's such an interesting story and it's one I knew uh, like a little bit, but not not the details of. And so I found that I just found the story so interesting. But my description of it was like um, Adam McKay, who, you know, has come from doing Step Brothers and Command, those kind of films. He really wants you to think that he's a good director. And so he makes every single directorial decision possible and maybe and like fifty one percent of them don't work in this film. Yeah. It's like the 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 scales vary and I think it's maybe tipping slightly in favour of not working. I mean he is nominated for Best Director and the film is the favourite for best editing. Yeah. Um even though I would say that's its weak spot. Yeah. But yeah, there is there's a lot of very interesting choices in it. Like there's things like they they talk about how it's like Shakespearean, so they just start speaking in like Shakespearean language. And there was a musical number that was cut, and it's all the stuff that's just like it, you you can see someone behind the scenes 
thinking, fuck, this is a good idea. Yeah. Like you can see the Cogs moving and you can see someone trying really hard and that makes the movie... You know, it kind of knocks off a few points. Yeah, yeah, you're giving people um, who are using this as a cheat sheet plenty of good sound bites to tell people what they think they think of the movie (laughs) um, come Monday. Uh, That's great. Yeah, look, um, there's there's a uh, speaking of like weird editorial directorial decisions. The one that I always remember is when. He's he, his daughter comes out of the closet, and then it gives you a false ending where it, it shows it's like the Chinese, you know, they they lived a full rich life, and yeah, never and he ended up running spot. marathons for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah, and, and it gives you like a comedically false ending, and then the credits start rolling. Um, and at that point, because I knew it was, I could tell it was a false ending right about from when it, you know, it, it, there's a mm. dramatic shift in the way the film is being done and it gets very bright and wholesome all of yeah. a sudden. And it's also like only an hour into the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Um, and and at that point, I was like, this has got to be the, like, most lowbrow joke I think an Oscar-nominated yeah. film has ever done. Yeah. Oh, it feels there's like another pretty lowbrow joke in an Oscar-nominated film that we'll get to. It feels like it belongs in, um, in, like... An episode of like a a really bizarre sitcom or something or like you know what it is is do you remember the ending have you ever seen the alternate ending to dodgeball yeah yeah so the alternate ending to dodgeball um ends on a freeze frame when the bad guys win the last game of dodgeball and i remember listening to to director's commentary for it and they were saying back when you know you listen to director's commentary for deleted scenes on dodgeball um um, and they were saying that to them it was the true ending just because of how like bizarre and and crazy it was to end it with a, like a sentimental ending for the bad guy and mm. pretend like the rest of the movie's been like that. Yeah, well, so, the yeah, whole idea of Dodgeball is it's a true underdog story and that was like the underdogs don't actually win in real life. Right. That was the whole yeah. meaning behind it, yeah. Yeah, so, I yeah, the, this film is... is I, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it as much as you, Aaron. I It certainly isn't my least favourite um, nominee this year. Um, but, yeah... It has it. It's very interesting. It's a very interesting film. And after it finished, I was like, I don't know if I if I liked that or not. I thought it was interesting to learn a lot of the stuff that it, yeah. that it presents. Yeah. Um, and and some of that stuff is crazy. And I'm assuming it's true because they go as far as calling themselves out for maybe not being true, which I don't think yeah. you would just, do if you weren't. Just grab being that. Honest. Grab that thought. So the film starts with like a a title card that says Dick Cheney's like famously one of the most private people in politics. Uh, he's very hard to learn a lot about, but we did our fucking best. Hmm. And it's like, why make the movie then? Right. Well, I mean, it's the same. You could say the same about something like the Social Network, you know, which took liberties. With yeah, its but story the Social Network is story. like, is there's books written about this? You know, there's so much. Whereas, like, the Vice is like, well, yeah, we couldn't find out stuff, but. Yeah, whatever. They, they, but they they presented it in a way as like this was the result, therefore this was probably the conversation that yeah. led to this result. Yeah, yeah. but mm. and also if you think about things, movies that are made about historical figures or whatever, you know, like there's probably very little information about Beowulf or something, but there's movie about Beowulf. Yeah, mm. you know, sure, sure. Um, the the last thing I wanted to say, Aaron, you, you mentioned that you and even Richard, you sort of talked about it as well about the that there's so much going on and it's like they couldn't just tell 
a normal you know biopic about dick cheney but i like i'd rather this than than something like bohemian rhapsody yeah you know? 100%, like, yeah yeah I, I i appreciate the swing i just think it didn't yeah. always hit i but i am also keen to because i haven't seen the big short which is the like right. spiritual the, predecessor to so good yeah big short's yeah, yeah. way better it's like yeah uh, yeah, so so like same director a, a, for those Adam who don't McKay, know Adam McKay, uh, writer and director, who went from you know making these like lowbrow comedies to doing to now basically being like a free run to the Oscars. Like he's your free space on the Oscar card now. Um, that he he had a, he had a bowl full of directorial decisions and managed to pull out all the good ones in the Big Short because there's still a lot of weird decisions there, but they work. Mm. Mm. Um, I but, I do yeah. like the the um. The concept of this like subgenre of wacky, wacky ways of telling true stories. Yeah, and, and like I modern hope, true stories. As yeah, well. and I hope he he makes an you know another one. Yeah, but it, it's, <laughs> or another you know establishes his career by doing yeah, films like this. But I will say the yeah Christian Bale we've touched on was amazing, and the final scene of the film I thought was fantastic when he basically turns to the camera and apparently this was like written on set they're like actually oh christian was like i've got a better idea for an ending he like turns to the camera and is like it's it's been a pleasure serving you kind of thing he says like it's it's, it's been a privilege being your servant yeah he um, basically says like someone had to make these decisions and you might not realize it but you're glad that it's yeah. me and then it cuts to credits and then there's a post-credit scene which if you're like oh, i might check out advice i would say turn it off before the post-credit scene because <laughs> it is very bad <laughs> it's they have earlier in the film I'll, 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 spo- I'll spoil what it is so you don't have to see it um so earlier in the film they cut to like a test audience uh who are they reacting to the film at that point or nah? No, they, originally they are reacting to um, terminology. So they change it from global warming to climate change. That's right, yeah. They say, well, what do you find group. better? And then the yeah. focus group, uh, we cut back to them, but now they're reacting to the film and they go, oh, you, you libtards, uh, you know, hating on Republicans. And then someone else is like, oh, you like elected a fucking orange and- uh, yeah, and then they start fighting about whether the film was too lenient or too hard on Republicans. And then a girl turns to her friend and goes, I can't wait to see the new Fast and Furious. It looks lit. And it's like, I get what you're doing, but that's the worst possible way to do it. I did like that he, that the the liberal guy is like, what, because I have the ability to understand facts that makes me biased mm. and i was like i do feel that like with a lot of arguments yeah but you're a liberal so like <laughs> but um, there's a lot thing. of arguments yeah. with, with politics it's like it's it's it'd be weird like because the stuff that um as i said the, the consequences of what dick cheney did are documented they they really happened yeah and like, they're still they, happening to this day mm-hmm. yeah and they but they what the speculation is around how they happened not that they happened right yeah, yeah, yeah. so like you you could watch that film i imagine as a republican and be like oh this was so biased against um republicans and it's like yeah but all that stuff actually happened yeah and i think that's what the, what he was trying to do in that last scene yeah. is be like what do you want me to do just m- not tell the events as they yeah. they occurred i will just say one final thing about vice and then we'll move on is that uh do you guys know what unitary executive theory means 
I do now. I do. Yeah, because do this now. film explains it like 50 fucking times. <laughs> and each time it goes, you probably don't have this yet, but it's this very simple concept. Um, yeah, so that, that did frustrate me. I'm glad me. they did it once, though. Yeah, no, no, it was great the first time they did it. Unitary executive theory refers to the thing that, like, um, the president can't do anything illegal, so if the president does it, it must not be illegal. So if the president murders now you've something- you've had it done six times. Yeah, if the president murders someone, <laughs> then it's like, oh, well, it must not be illegal for the president to murder someone. Um, yeah. And it's explained to you so many times in the film, and they keep thinking you don't get it, and it's a really- it's insulting- the way like because the film doesn't talk down to you in a lot of places and the big short didn't but when it did it was like in a fun way this is just really insulting so surprisingly i found this surprising the next least likely film to win um at 67 i don't know i don't know how to say 60 the odds are like 67 to 1 or whatever um is a star is born whoa wow um, so this is also nominated for uh, Best Actor, Actress, Supporting Actor, Best Song, Adapted Screenplay, Sound Mixing, and Cinematography. It's got eight nominations tied with Vice. There were high hopes for this film going when it came out, man. Yeah, man. Before mm. it came out, it was like, this is the film to beat. Yeah. It's almost... It's, similar things happened to First Man, but First Man got knocked off the, yeah. the roster. But and yeah, well, this one just made it on. And your yeah, Vice was like, before it came out, it was like, yeah, this is this is going to be amazing. And then it got screened for critics and it got like 58% on Rotten Tomatoes and everyone was like, fuck, well, the Golden Globes were like, well, fuck, we already nominated it before it came out. Um, and then then the you know, the Oscars were like, oh, well, what are we going to do? Nominate one of the, the great films we've left off? No, we'll just do the one that's been making the campaign trail. Um, so, yeah, when I, I saw this film in the cinema, like, opening night and I messaged you guys and I was like, if we're doing Oscar season again, you guys have to go see this because it's going to win Best Picture. Mm. And look at me now. Look Shall I sort of quickly summarise what it's about, maybe? Yeah, sure. All right, so it's a um, tale as old as time about a... It's Okay, here's, a, here's an easy way I saw written down on Reddit, I think, of how to explain it. It's about the decline of one famous singer while another one rises. Yeah. Right? So Bradley Cooper is a is an old school, like, um, smoky country blues kind of musician and... Is that would that be the right genre to describe? Him? Rock, rock? Yeah. yeah, rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, but like southern rock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, cool. Um, and then and he uh falls in love with Lady Gaga's character, and through association with him and also her own legitimate talent, she becomes a like worldwide pop sensation. And it's as I said, it's her gaining more and more success while he descends into alcoholism and drugs and ultimately suicide um which is a, <laughs> one of the most well-documented spoilers yeah, <laughs> in recent year. memory <laughs> um so what do you go i i love this film. it's I, so good i unabashedly love this film this is such a like uh, I, I just thought it was beautiful i hadn't seen any of the other ones before i didn't know what was going to happen but the performances, Cooper, Gaga, and Sam Elliott, are all fantastic. It's 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 a total firing on all cylinders movie for me. It's like mm-hmm. the music is amazing, and like this is it, you'd be an idiot to bet against this for best song. Um, yeah, imagine imagine if it didn't win best song. I well, I mean, it's happened before it. that. There's been like, come on, this thing's gonna win. And it was Lady Gaga that time as well, and then wow. you know some other song is one and there is there is another song which will which we can get to uh which does actually have which i would say is its closest competitor but even still shallow is like far mm. and above the favorite 
Yeah, um, I liked it. I thought, um, as you say, the 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 big things for me were the three roles it's nominated in, yeah. which was Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga, and especially Sam Elliott. Low-key Sam Elliott was probably my favourite actor in the whole thing. I just thought, mm. because he, Sam Elliott's an actor who I've only ever seen do um, very simple roles, and I, I haven't seen a lot of his films. I'm thinking of something like The Big Lebowski. Or his Ghost like, Rider. <laughs> yeah where, where he's like a narrator or whatever yeah. but like in this he's like displaying like beautiful emotion and like i don't know i just i'd love sam Elliott in this film um yeah i don't know what else to, to necessarily talk about with it other yeah. than say that i th- i would have thought it would have won as well after i saw it and yeah if i didn't know that it was second to last and the odds i would still probably say it's yeah most likely. and i didn't and I, I i don't think it necessarily i don't think it doesn't deserve to win as well yeah hmm uh, Aaron, it's just maybe lost favor, I guess, with people yeah. or something. And I think because because the Oscars, unfortunately, I guess, are, are so about the campaign trail and about generating and keeping hype for your movie. And I think A Star Is Born failed in that regard. Like if if the stars of it had been more charismatic and fun on the on the press tour i think would be still hearing about this movie a lot more and it would be more in, in people's favor but because bradley cooper if you're watching interviews with him about a star is born he's very serious very softly spoken does doesn't wants to talk it more about as a work of art than a film and, and which you know so what you will like you know it is mm. but yeah like they just if, if we'd seen him more fun i think i think we would which is unfortunate that that's, you know... It's such a shame, man. Counting you against know? the film. And like Lady Gaga just copying, pasting the same speech every time. Yeah. Um, right. She talks about the film. And I, I think that's actually hurt the film. Yeah. Interesting. Which is a shame because I, when I went and saw it in the theatre, I, I don't think I can remember a film where I forgot the time and was so engrossed in something hmm. for, like, the whole... The whole ride of the film was like incredible yeah. until you hit the the high point or the low point, however you want to refer to it. When you know he commits suicide, which is just like I th- I'm pretty sure I cried, yeah. and I don't often cry in movies. Yeah, I'm incapable of crying, but I did become come very close to to crying. To being capable of crying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to being capable, I wouldn't have done it, but I would have. I would have achieved the capability. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, Star Is Born is one of those films. I don't have much to say about it because I actually don't have much to critique about it yeah <laughs> and there's no it doesn't feel like there are obvious like uh, imposing choices from the director but that's probably because it's directed by bradley cooper yeah, who's an actor the only the, thing i've seen people complain about is there is a lot of close-ups of bradley cooper yeah and you <laughs> there are parts of the movie you can't actually understand yeah. what he's saying but bradley cooper's fucking hot so yeah do you reckon? Yeah, there are parts of the movie that you couldn't understand him talking and like that's been that issue itself of not being able to understand dialogue in a film is something that never happened to me until I was like 23. And <laughs> since then, there's been at least one move, one big movie a year where I'm like, I am frustrated at how hard it is to understand the characters. Well, you would have hated Roma then. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, um, I, I didn't, I, I don't remember having the issue of not being able to understand it, but I do love that there's a story reason for that as well. Yeah. Um, and the way that's paid off is like my favorite film moment of 2018 almost of the second to last shot of this film, which I've spoken at length about before. Um, but it's, well, well, well is that when Lady Gaga and um, Thing are like sitting in the hallway together? Yeah. Oh, oh so beautiful. Oh, no, um, oh, the, 
You mean with Sam Elliott? Yeah. Yeah, no, not that, but I mean, um, like literally the second to last shot of the film when, so Lady Gaga is doing her big final performance, which is, would be probably my favorite song from the film. And it's, I reckon it's better than Shallow, but I get that Shallow is the radio play favorite and that, that should win. But, um, yeah, I'll never love again. She's doing this thing, and just like it, like you get the drum beat that this is about to be. Like she's going to belt out the final verse, and it just cuts to Bradley Cooper showing her the song, and he he sings the chorus, and it's the first time in the entire movie that we hear um, Jackson Maine's actual voice, his actual singing voice, because in earlier in the movie, Sam Elliott says, "Like you stole my voice." And we find out like he actually did. He he was the whole time he looked up to his brother so much that he tried to emulate him with everything he did, including sing like him. And then the one time in the film he lets his guard down. We we don't see it till after he's died, but it's like this one time just showing the song about how much he loves Ali, and it was like, oh, and then it cuts to Lady Gaga looking into the camera, and being like, "Can I have an Oscar?" Like Leonardo DiCaprio did in The Revenant. But it's- except this time we were like. Please, please, God, yes. <laughs> Take my Oscar. Please, Lady Gaga. Have mine. Have, Have mine. mine. <laughs> Have but, Leonardo DiCaprio's. Yeah, that was... I mean, like, if it was up to me, this would win Best Picture, Actor, Actress, and Supporting Actor. Yeah. I'd give it Best Director as well, but it's not even nominated. Yeah, it's not even nominated. <laughs> and you see, Bradley Cooper said he was embarrassed by not getting nominated. Um, I think he was being interviewed by Oprah, and it was, it was an interesting moment. It was a... Like he, he he talked about how it's not like like oh my god, but it was yeah. If you read the interview with him, it's it's a very human moment from a campaign trail that didn't have any human moments from Bradley Cooper. Mm. Mm. Um, so next one, I'm so done talking about this film. It's got 26 <laughs> to one odds. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. You guys have now finally seen it, and. I'm going to try and keep my mouth shut because I'm sick and tired of talking about this film and I've spoken about it so much on this podcast. So what did you guys think? Oh, God, it's so awful. Oh, it's so awful. Ugh. So this is the, for those again, for those who don't know, this is the Freddie Mercury biopic. Yeah. Uh, Queen's Freddie Mercury. Do I say Mercury. Bohemian Rhapsody? I can't remember saying it. Anyway, um, Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm surprised this isn't last. Well, I'm it won re- the Golden Globe for Best Drama, so I think that So that, that bumps it, it up? Yeah. Um, look, okay. I, I'm not going to, I'll say right now, I didn't like the film, but I certainly didn't hate it. Um, I think I, I watched it really wanting to hate it, but everything you'd told me about it already, Richard was presented in a way that wasn't as cheesy or corny as I think you had embellished it to be. Um, and like, I've never embellished a single (laughs) word about this God awful film. And no, and and everything people have like the the Dewey Cox Walk Hard Dewey Cox story comparison is very valid, um, <laughs> and and all that kind of stuff is fine. But I still had moments of like, yeah, this is fun, whatever, you know. Like it's and, not it's not a poorly made film. Right, it's uh, just a film we've seen before. Yeah, well, that, that was my main thing is that like. And I said this to Jeremy on the most disappointing podcast, but the reason you're like, yeah, I still had a good time with it. And it's because it's formulaic. Like Mm. there's like hugs feel good, you know, because through, through centuries, this like interaction between humans has been perfected to feel good. And it's the same thing. It's like 
they know, oh, if you start with um, this, we tease the end of the film and then we cut back to, oh, what? He's a kid. And then, oh, he struggles. And then every single thing is like perfectly manufactured to make you feel a certain way. And it's it, uninspired. And, and, it, and it, does, it does work. And then at the end of the film, you just feel like ugh, you feel you feel cheated. It's like a hug right. machine. This film is a hug machine. Yeah. There's yeah. no warmth of the, of an actual hug. Audiences are trying to get their hugs, whereas what they really need is a kick in the balls like The Favourite or Roma. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I don't know what I, I'm annoyed because I wanted to. I wanted to jump on the hate train, but I think the expectations were set so low that they had nowhere to go but yeah. up. Yeah, I think also. I mean, my thoughts on it is the fact that it. What makes it so awful is that it's like eating a stale piece of bread. Yeah. It's not offensive. Sometimes you've got to do it, but by God, could it have been better? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. If you do just the slightest amount of research, um. You can like see all the interesting stories they left out or change. This is this is the film that happens when a greatest hit CD gains sentience and make, directs a movie. <laughs> it's so true. It's like the it's the most sterilized version of Freddie Mercury's life you could yeah. you could possibly tell without not telling the story of Freddie Mercury's life. That being said, like you say, it's just a stale piece of bread, but. I would go as far as to say that I think Rami Malek deserves the Oscar for Best Actor. 100%. 100% does. I thought he was fantastic I, in this. I and think he does. Yeah. But I think if the movie was better, hmm. he would, like, I think it's criminal that the movie is, like, the script is so average. Because, hmm. like, you imagine that performance with a good script. For yeah. sure. And I think, but I guess... I remember before Venom came out and everyone was like, how do you make a Venom movie without Spider-Man? And then after Venom came out, the consensus was kind of like, well, it's bad, but it's got not. It's fine that it doesn't have Spider-Man. Like, that wasn't the problem with it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I kind of feel the same way about that with this, is like when, you know, every, every I'm sure every film podcast in the fucking world has brought this up, but Sacha Baron Cohen was originally... Signed on to play Freddie Mercury, but left because he didn't like the script changes. Da, 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 da. And when Rami Malek came on, every time that was mentioned, you'd go like, oh, but Sasha Baron Cohen would have been so good. And I'm not saying yeah. he wouldn't have been, but Rami Malek knocked it out of the park. Yeah, and- I don't think he disappointed at all. And I, I w- w- was what you were saying kind of thing that like the problem with this film isn't that it's PG-13. No, yeah, so, it, for yeah. sure, yeah. I, like, like, yeah, it doesn't need to be R-rated, I guess, but- it's just so formulaic and boring and everyone goes, but the music's so good. And it's like, well, that's so's like Queen's greatest hits. Like it's just, <laughs> it's literally just the same thing. And they go, actually it's this other guy singing sometimes. Fuck off. Like it doesn't count. <laughs> literally something Jeremy said on the yeah. on our episode. <laughs> oh God, I'm finally able to like talk shit about him where he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> he'll, he'll listen to the episode, man. Yeah. And, and he'll message us and I'll be like, yeah, that's fucking right, Jeremy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm sorry, guys. I, like, I want to, I want to be like, yeah, fuck this movie. I've, I've shit on this movie so much <laughs> that I do want to use this platform to finally talk about what Richard did like about Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, and I know I said I wasn't going to talk about it much, and I've kind of hogged this conversation, <laughs> but that's just the kind of guy it's, I am. It's mine. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rami Malek is incredible. A lesser actor would have made this into a caricature, but it's very, very. Like I don't want to say subtle because Freddie Mercury was never subtle, but 
it is like a very it, good performance. It won me over, I'll say that, yeah. because it started My, and I was like, nah. And then yeah. 20 minutes in, I was like, fuck, they're <laughs> so nuanced and like My, interesting. My favorite part of the film, and I wish the film could be reworked so that this would be the end of the film. Uh, and and just don't have it like get rid- mix up the formula and have this be the end of the film is there's a scene in the film which obviously i'm sure never happened but he <laughs> by he he lives in this mansion has these parties every night and this the girl he was sort of in love with and then um he told her he was by and he didn't she didn't want to be with him anymore uh he he buys her the house right across the like yeah, across the road. She did just to for you know try not slander people. She, they still loved each other. It was more the um, non monogamy of Freddie's yeah, li- yeah, lifestyle sure, sure. that drove her away, and not that yeah. she was homophobic or anything. Um, as so I earlier in the film, she moves into the house. They're both so happy that that they can see each other, and he's he's calling her on the phone. And he's like, "Flick your light on and off." And so she flicks hers on off and on, and you see the like the light across the road go off and on and then he does it and he's like looking up at her and they're both really happy and then later on in the film it's it's his low point he's got nobody and he calls her and uh, does she pick up or not is she i can't remember <laughs> yeah i can't remember but but he he's left there flicking the light off and on looking up at her hope at her window hopefully as he just flicks this off and on and off and on and it's and it's the best moment of the film. I was like, if the film ended right now, I would have nothing bad to say about this because that's such a perfect ending. Like it's very sad, and, and, and like like yeah, no, but like you know, you can't tell, you can't end Freddie Mercury's story there. Uh, like fair enough, but just that imagery of someone doing this little childish action to try and get you know the like essentially the love of his life's attention, and it's not working because he's pushed everyone away. God, that was it's such beautiful imagery. Yeah. But And it humanized him as, yeah, as well, which I think is what part of the movie fails to do, is it tells his story without ever really making him a yeah. a human being in like a nuanced way. Yeah. Um, um but in terms of things I I'll get I'll get back to you in AJ. But to balance that out, the <laughs> editing of this movie is fucking terrible. <laughs> like you can tell that uh, the remaining members of Queen, Brian May and Roger Deakin, I want to say, um, were Roger sitting Deacons. in the editing room. Huh? John Deakin. You're John thinking Deacon. of, you're thinking of the uh, famous editor. <laughs> no, it's cinematographer. Oh, yeah, Roger Deakin. Yeah. Academy <laughs> Award winner for Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> Blade Runner 2049. One of our um, massive snub conversations last year was his name but, um, was like the, yeah, the John, most John Deacon, sorry. And Roger Taylor's the other one. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, that you can tell there in the edit room because they're like, all right, no, cut to me. Cut to me. <laughs> and, okay, can we... I love this scene, but can we focus on me as much as Freddie? Oh, but um, there's a character that walks in and he should be in the background of your close-up, but he's not, so he'll kind of just appear out of frame. No, 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 it's fine. People won't notice. They'll be too busy looking at me. <laughs> um, and did this piss you off as an editor, AJ? Didn't notice. Um, <laughs> oh, so you're not a very good editor then. Um, the film is very kind to Queen in a way that feels like they're telling the story. Um, yeah. And that's pretty famous, like, that's pretty well documented that that's basically what happened, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I and mean, that's why the Freddie Mercury, the Sasha Baron Cohen one, fell apart. The, Queen the one, on. the one scene, the one scene that I thought was really interesting in this movie was when it's up, like 
after one of his parties, Freddie's like sitting at his piano and like a guy is like cleaning up or something. And Freddie like puts his hand under his pant, under his like crotch to try and like flirt with him and like says some pickup line to him. And the guy like doesn't respond it well, well at all to it. And like backs off. He's like, you know, don't treat me like that. And Freddie's like, Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I misread that, you know, and he's very apologetic. And I watched that. I was like, I wonder if Brian Singer directed that scene. <laughs> the, the scene where he like without consent grabs someone's grabs a man's crotch and then immediately apologizes for it and feels terrible about it. Yeah. Because he would have directed the first part and then Dexter Fletcher came on and was like she probably should, have apologized. Yeah, <laughs> he should probably like why why does Freddie Mercury well, Brian Singer's vision of Freddie Mercury have more um, tact <laughs> and feel more apologetic about this than Brian Singer himself. Um, just quickly before we wrap up on Bohemian Rhapsody, what did you guys think of the decision to have like almost the entire Live Aid performance at the end? I don't mind it, to be honest. Yeah. It wasn't like, I don't know, it, I can understand how it would be annoying and be like, we get it, yeah. stop. But I kind of, I don't know, I kind of like that they're at least, they're audacious enough to do it. Yeah, it, it, it was done very well, but yeah. I was kind of, I did get a little bit sick of it because it because it eventually got to the point where it's like, I, I, I'll just watch the original on YouTube. And everyone's yeah. like, actually, they changed one of the songs. It's like, yeah, well, like cutting out a song doesn't improve it. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, next film uh, with the same odds as Bohemian Rhapsody, actually. Three films are tied on the same odds. Uh, We have Black Klansman. So this is also nominated for Best Director of Spike Lee, his first nomination ever. Uh, Supporting actor for Adam Driver, adapted screenplay, score, and editing. It has six nominations. Yeah, this would be what I'd want to win out of the the whole lot of them. Uh, So this is... uh, Oh, oh, I'll feel this one, what this one's about. So uh, Black Klansman is the story of Ron Stallworth, who is an African-American man who infiltrates the KKK over the phone and sends a white police officer in his place um, when he has to meet with him face-to-face. Ron Stallworth is also a police officer. I forgot to mention that. (laughs) The the second or the first of two films this in 2018 about an African-American who uses white voice while talking on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> the other being Sorry to Bother You and both Black Klansman and Sorry to Bother You are like my top two of my top movies of the year. Mm. So. Uh, so this is another one AJ and I have spoken at length about. So, and what did you think of this film? I think it's, it's almost criminal to say, but I actually didn't feel any kind of way about it. Like it was a mm. good movie. Yeah. And the stuff at the end was like this after the movie finishes and then you see actual footage is like, horrific of yeah, that protest seeing where- that in the cinema was an experience <sighs> yeah this I was the one that made me capable of crying yeah that, yeah. that moment the, the so the epilogue of this film shows as you say aaron the the real world events that are um still happening today that are told in the story of black Klansmen, which happens in the 60s i think 70s i'd say i yeah it's, uh, 70s maybe yeah yeah and it just it made me so sorrowful and upset man yeah because it's what the um charlestown charlottesville charlottesville yeah 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 the the, i had tears in my eyes man watching that i was like fuck the world sucks man yeah (laughs) and i think i think that's why i would say it's my pick for best picture or at least what i would want to win best picture out of those that selection because it's like that's the one that like moved me out of all of these Mm. the most yeah 70s yeah i like i 
it was a good movie and I did enjoy it, but it wasn't something that was transcendently great for me. Mm. Um, one thing I would say, and one thing that has kind of stuck with me, and it's a very weird thing, is that, like, you know the scene where they're interviewing um, him to become a police officer? So there's, like, yeah. Two, yeah, the two people who are interviewing to become a police officer. It's so incredibly apparent to me that, like, the, the the like reverse shots like each shot they're, they're not in the same room there's no one there that they're talking to like <laughs> you can see the police the two police officers are not talking to someone like yeah. they're not actually communicating to another human being Aaron as as the actor of the podcast can you stick to acting and I'll stick to the editing notes cool. thank you sorry Bohemian sorry. Rhapsody was edited fine and the acting was great in it <laughs> <laughs> um, no that, that's interesting that's interesting observation also um, interestingly two of uh, the nominees we've spoken about had just a random appearance from Alec Baldwin because <laughs> remember <laughs> yeah, he's at the start of this film yeah yeah um, oh yeah he plays that yeah yeah and then he's also uh, introduces Ali on Saturday Night Live in A Star Is Born true yeah 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 it was the year of Alec Baldwin just showing up and being like is that Alec Baldwin and, and then then you rationalise it's like well he's an, it's not like he's A-list <laughs> it's not like he's the you know an amazing actor they could get or anything like yeah uh, I mean I thought it was great mm. yeah, yeah I thought it, I thought it was great um, this Adam Driver is fantastic and yeah. in my mind um, the the supporting actor nominee it's between I know this isn't probably what the, the odds say it's between but to me I, I couldn't choose between Sam Elliott and Adam Driver because Adam Driver in this film it's just there's just something about how like he's not even introduced as like he's Adam Driver's not introduced as a racist cop who learns the folly of his ways he's introduced as a cop who's not racist and mm. so you just you he's an ally so you like him from the get go I did anyway like like there's, Why, there's a part Adam Driver, so. yeah there's a part where um where at the start of the film um they go undercover at like a black panther kind of rally thing um speaking of which <laughs> just move on and then yeah, don't yeah, leave, just leave, leave me behind um and they uh they're talking to their boss about it later on and his boss is like what about all the stuff he was saying about revolution and um Ron, who's the the main guy, the the African-American cop, he's like, that's just rhetoric, man. He was just talking. You know, he was just talking. And Adam Driver's character goes, I agree. And (laughs) just that moment, I was like, I love this guy. I love this guy. Because he's like, he's not going to, you know, that that small moment showed that he hasn't really got like a racist bent. Like he's like... He's not going to make up shit because he doesn't like black people. Yeah. And I don't know. That's just a, that's one example of many reasons why I just thought he was such a great character. Yeah. And the way he like the way he handles crisis because he goes undercover in the KKK. And at one point, someone calls him by his nickname in real life, which was Flip. What was this? Flip. They're like they're like Flip. And without missing a beat, he goes Flip. And he does it in a way that's like it's it's like the actor was told. You've actually never heard Flip. It's like it's like Spike, yeah, yeah. Spike Lee said to said to Adam Driver, "You've never heard this name before," because he doesn't do it in a way that's like Flip. What do you mean? He just immediately he's like, yeah. Flip. And the bit when he's like, because um, he's arrested one of the other guys at the KKK meeting, and he's like, he's like, "No, I know you from somewhere." And he's like, uh, "I'm sorry, I can't place you." 
Like mm. he handles it so well. And then that guy ends up getting taken away and he's like, oh, we knew each other from prison. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, he just comes up with this amazing response. Or, um, or when, when he like, he gets the, he gets his hometown wrong when he's talking to the KKK members and Ron's in his ear and he's like, no, you're not from there. You're from there. And then the KKK guy is like, oh, I thought you said you were born here. And he's like, I, I was, what did I say? <laughs> and, you know, it's such a great like he's so quick off the mark yeah. which is a weird thing to note in a character and not an actor you know do you know what yeah. i mean like the character is sharp the actor's just doing just acting <laughs> he's i just thought he was so good in it yeah. yeah he's fantastic and there's the one the like his oscar scene is when um because he, he he is jewish but he was never really raised jewish and he's looking at like his his kkk card and he's like you know i was ne- i've never really thought about judaism but now it's all i can think about mm. i, I love that i also love the part where just talking about more adam driver scenes <laughs> where where um they they run out he's in the kkk like lodge and then they find out that um the cops are that um ron's outside and they run out and one of the one of the actual kkk guys like lifts a gun to shoot at the car and flip adam driver's character like grabs it off him like jumps and grabs it off him and shoots and and hits the road like intentionally missing and it's like again this character's so quick because he goes like he's gonna shoot him but i can grab the gun off him and make it look like i'm trying to hit the car mm, but miss yeah. and, and, and again therefore- gain their respect yeah yeah, See, yeah i yeah, would yeah, argue exactly. that was his oscars his oscar scene Oh, when he like mm. screams after the yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good, man. Ah, yeah. ah, I loved Black Klansman so much. Dude. All right. Well, another black film <laughs> that you quite liked. Um, it was, and I say that just because it has the word in the title. Um, is, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, is uh, Black Panther, which has the same odds, 26. So Bohemian Rhapsody, Black Panther and Black Klansman, the B films, um, <sighs> all 26 to 1. Isn't it wild? That Black Clans, that Black Panther is this high up the odds. I yeah. think that's insane. It won like, the not bad, um, but like crazy. Ens- cr- yeah, it won the Ensemble um, Award, which is because um, this is the first year. I should mention this. This is the first year in history where all of the Guild Awards have gone to different films. Right. And um, normally it's like, oh, if you win this one and this one, you're guaranteed it. And now there's like it's completely wide open. So mm. th- this is just like likelihood. Pretty much anything could take it home. Come sunday night or monday or wherever you wherever you are in the world but yeah black panther it's so there whether those, you like it or not those those who are looking for notes to say around their water cooler um those little sound bites the reason why i'm i'm amazed and astonished that black panther's even nominated for best picture is like you've got to understand it has been decades since a movie that was like the big you know popcorn flick of the year or one of the big popcorn flicks of the year was nominated for best picture. Well, I mean, picture. the the biggest popcorn flick of all time was nominated exactly a decade ago. What was that? Avatar. There you go. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, right? Is like, this is you. You would like back me up here. It's it is. Uh, it is. Uh, I mean, I disagree completely. <laughs> I simply will not, sir. No, no, but it's 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 an anomaly. Like Marvel's never been nominated for best picture before. I'm not. I'm not saying if it's if it should have been or shouldn't have been. I'm saying yeah. like this. I'm surprised at the Academy. Yeah. It for, is kind of a watershed moment for like superhero movies. Hundred percent. I mean, it's yeah. the first superhero movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah i mean it's to be nominated all right Uh, but it's interesting because i thought it was like a real deadpan joke yeah um, it is the first superhero movie there's been um there's been a a big backlash now from even like comic book fans um because i think 
there was there was big moments of to get the Dark Knight nominated, to get Logan nominated, to get Wonder Woman nominated, and now Black Panther's the one that did it. And they were like, "Oh, we didn't want the black one. <laughs> we barely even wanted the woman one." <laughs> Ooh. Um, and so that's where I think a lot of the backlash is coming from. Um, yeah, I do that- think this is. I do whether you liked Infinity War more or not. I do think Black Panther is the one you nominate. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I watched Black Panther again last night and fuck, it's a good movie. I, I, I think it is really good and I 100% support its nomination, not just because I'm a Marvel fanboy. If this was, if a DC, if DC made a movie this good and this important, I, I would 100% think it should be nominated. Well, they would be getting their ass kicked by Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. And I wouldn't say that this, um, I wouldn't say that I I disagree with its nomination either, but what I would say is to confuse those who think that they can profile me based on me saying that is that I do think this is the first Marvel movie or superhero movie that's deserved the nomination oh, I think, since the Dark Knight. Oh, yeah, I was going to say Dark Knight definitely does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think Black Panther is the perfect mix of uh, general or like mass appeal, um, popcorn flick, and having something to say and being like this important cultural touchstone. And yeah, I think that the Oscar, but now that the Oscars can nominate up to 10 films, give a, give a space. And it's not even just like tokenism. Like that you now, it's not just like give a space to the popcorn flicks. It's like you actually, it's your responsibility to, uh, you know, award across a wide range of films and like the whole spectrum of cinema. And, you know, maybe like most years, a film like Black Panther won't come along and you don't have to do it. But when one does and you, you, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's silly to not do it. I did. I did read though, that the, the way that they nominate between five and 10 films, isn't a, like an arbitrary. Yeah, no, it's oh, not. We won't and nominate I've, I've, yeah, I've said that on the podcast previously. That's where you read it. Um, <laughs> You've read it <laughs> no, from I, my mouth. I remember yeah, no, where I read it. It's the, by but, the number of films that make it past a certain threshold. They don't just decide yeah, we'll do yeah. 10 this year. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm saying like now that it's not just cut off at five. Like, yeah. because I mean, I understand, uh, well, I was going to say 10, but it was like say 15 years ago being like, oh, I'm not going to put, Black Panther in my top five because it, it doesn't deserve, you know, to be in that prestigious five. But nowadays, you know, like the, the you know, award it to a bigger, like, range of films. Yeah, Come sure. Academy. Come on, guys. God, that's my only problem with, <laughs> with the Academy this year <laughs> is that it took them this long to nominate a film like Black Panther. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Aaron, what do you think? Because because you're not you're not as much of a superhero guy. Are you? Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, it's hard for me to differentiate it from like uh, being a superhero movie to being like culturally an incredibly important moment and a moment we should celebrate, obviously. But um, yeah, it's a good superhero movie. Yeah, it's probably one of the best superhero movies I've seen. But I think with uh, that formula still doesn't like I'm not in love with the formula and the like special effects and the fight scenes and stuff like that. So for me, it still falls short. Like it's a movie that I'm like, yeah, it, I'm I'm fine with it being nominated, mm. but I could never see it winning. And like me being like, yes, that movie 
yeah. as it is, um, was the best film of the year. Yeah, well, I, I think it's like, like for me, uh, the best the best horror that year and the last year it was Get Out should be nominated. Yeah. And it, it's not just, the, the, the Academy shouldn't have Academy genres, you yeah. know? Um, and so mm-hmm. I like the idea that Get Out, Shape of Water, uh, Black Panther are all getting nominated now. There's this move now to re- to appreciate these genre films, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, nice. So next up, we're up to our top three. So just barely above Black Panther and, um, and the rest at um, 26. We've got The Favourite at 21 to 1. Um, so this is tied for the most nominated film. It's also nominated for director for Yorgos Lanthimos, um, actress and supporting actress for two supporting actress nominations for the three lead actresses. Uh, you got original screenplay, production design, cinematography, costume design, and editing. What do you guys think of this so film? So film, this film's about a, um, a queen and her trusty handmaids, and the queen is like kind of losing her mind and losing her body because she's got gout, and her two handmaidens, uh, it's revealed maybe a third of the way or maybe a quarter of the way into the film that um they're all like kind of like lesbian lovers with each other and it becomes like a competition between emma stone and rachel vice to um win the favor favorite mm. even of olivia coleman's queen so that's what that movie's about off and it's a my... based on a true story oh is it really yeah, queen a, lot Anne. Of, a lot of based on true story movies this year mm, that's not like the oscars at all <laughs> weird for a year of um f- fake news to have a lot of truth <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, around shit. Movies. oh yeah. shit although it is also probably an opportunity to put more fake news in a film if it's based on a true story you know that's true actually i presume not everything that happened in that movie happened in real life um i liked this movie i thought it was really cool i thought um it's it's very dark and sad and like also sexy and dark. <laughs> yeah, you see Emma Stone's boob in this. <laughs> you, true, you just do. The um, just the and one. Just the one boob, actually. I, <laughs> I appreciated it for how kind of steamy and creepy it was. Like it's got a a lot of very um, uncomfortable themes in it that that it balances yeah. very well. And the three leads are fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. And I also thought Nicholas... Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt, you know, thank the you. The whole movie, I couldn't remember his name and it fucked me off so much. <laughs> yeah. But you're like, I know that guy. I was like, I know What's it's a name? full version of a name that's normally and abbreviated. Nicholas, <laughs> Nicholas Holt um, gave gave me a new term that I want to start using in, this, in, in real life, uh, which um, I guess trigger warning... <laughs> For bad language, he uses the term "cunt struck" in this <laughs> yeah. film uh, to mean like when you know you're blinded by um, the, the pussy. The pussy, <laughs> that that pussy is so good. Titty bees. That, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I don't know when I would use that in, in my my daily life, but I definitely was very um, <laughs> I was very moved by that word that I've never heard before. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's total Yorgos Lanthimos. Of like that, the very strange world it takes place. Yeah, in very, in terms of- very strong language in a very quiet. Yeah, it's very there's a lot of anachronistic stuff, eh? Like where yeah. people talk like like we would now, but yeah. they're, they're in the 18th century or whatever they are, or the 19th mm. century, I guess. Mm. 
But it's also very interesting that it's nominated for cinematography. Because did you guys notice a couple of fisheye lens shots <laughs> in this oh, film? Oh, I the, certainly did, did you? The cinematography in this film is very intentional. And I would not want to be the pe- the people on the Academy figuring out if this is good cinematography or bad cinematography. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's Same an with like, the directing and the acting. Yeah, yeah. This, there's an argument that this is the vice of cinematography of the, fil- of the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's definitely no question that um, there they're is do- cinematography. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, they're doing yeah. it on purpose. Choices made. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's it's super super stylized, and 100 percent this film's not for everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, I walking out of it, I was like, if someone was like, I hated that, I would be like, totally yeah, understand. Enough, man. <laughs> you don't yeah, have yeah. to tell me why. And yeah, if someone's like, oh my gosh, that was the best movie I've seen all year, I'd be like, yep. Yeah. You could totally. have a full com- a full two hour conversation with someone who hated it, and then without saying whether you not you liked it, agree with everything they said, and then at the end be like, "Yeah, that was the best movie I've ever seen." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It is it is a very yeah interesting and divisive movie. I would say I think I prefer The Lobster out of Yorgos Lanthimos' really? other films yeah. to this. Whoa! Um, but this certainly is a good breaking into the the Oscar shortlist kind of film. See. I'd say that the this is almost I would say that it's more accessible than the lobster because the lobster is so like slow paced and like yeah dense you have to buy and, into a lot more in the lobster as well yeah whereas this is of his films that I've seen I think it's it's the most mainstream because it's set in a reality that we understand mm. even though mm. like a whole lot of crazy trippy stuff happens but I would say that I'm more inclined and I get that I'm not your average like film going necessarily but i'm more inclined to go see a film like the lobster which has like a wacky log line than i am to go see a period piece you know Cause yeah, period piece yeah is- right but that's that's totally 100 percent just your opinion yeah uh, I, I feel like there is a lot of people would share the assumption that austin-esque jane austen-esque period pieces are boring Oh yeah, no, they are. Uh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> this one in particular. Uh, yeah, you know, like you know what this. You know what the favorite. Ooh, what a stinker! For similar reasons, the favorite reminded me a lot. I feel like the favorite is this year's Phantom Thread, because both movies felt to me, and I liked the favorite more. I think, but both movies were like something that I wouldn't probably would judge by its cover and not want to go see if I didn't right, know yeah. the, the creative team behind it. The, the favorite was, was the best movie of that year. Um. Okay, so we're down to our top two. So at 3.75 to 1 odds, you've got the, with five nominations, Green Book, which is nominated for Best Actor for Viggo Mortensen, Supporting Actor for Mahershala Ali, Original Screenplay and Editing. So I can't remember if I've said what I thought of this film on the podcast, but I know Aaron, before Christmas, you and I were talking about this film and you were like, Fuck! It looks so bad. It looks so trite. And do you just- want to tell us what it's about, Aaron? Uh, so basically, the Green it. Book follows uh, the story of a like New York bouncer whose name is Tony Lip. Tony, Tony Lip. Tony Lip. Very Lip. much. Um, Tony, Tony Vellalonga. Tony yeah, Lip. Tony Vellalonga. Vellalonga. Been- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Tony Lip, who's been basically laid off from his job working as a basically a bouncer at a nightclub. Yeah. Um, so he has to find work, and he's basically employed to um, safeguard uh, this uh, concert pianist slash uh, reverend Don Shirley, <laughs> African American concert pianist yeah. in the South, in the just after basically the the civil rights movement. Yeah, um, so or there, sort there's of, still 
sundown towns and yeah. um not welcome in most places mm. um but, yeah, but the also film's based named on after- a true story also yeah. a musical biopic so, <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's based on the title's based on there's like a green book for for Negro motorists. It was called um, that was like for safe travel through the south. So it's like these restaurants, if they're in the green book, they're safe for for you to eat. It at. did. It did feel like um, perhaps the green book needed to be more front and center for the title. Oh, I feel like if it was works. more front and center, we'd be like, we get it. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. No, no, it's I, a I, green I book. It was good. I mean, sorry, it wasn't. You know. Um, no. Laid lay out on a platter for you, AJ. I didn't even um, realize it was the green book. <gasps> uh, but yeah, it's- is the book actually green? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like green in the same way that like it if you if green. you get the bus exchange manual for different parts of the city, one of them's purple and one of them's blue, and one of them's green. Yeah. Uh, so, Aaron, after like, did the film change your mind? The fil- if you look at the film just as a piece of film and you know, exclude all of the outside stuff about how basically it's probably just made up and never happened. Yeah, Um, I should point out, it was was written by um, Tony DeValle's son as well. Yeah. Um, As a piece of film, it reminded me of like kind of mid-90s to like early 2000s really good Hollywood storytelling where like all of the boxes are ticked and it's like it's not – necessarily it's a bit cliched but not in like an overt way it's just like a well-told story well-structured well-made yeah um yeah Uh, i mean there are certain things about it that make it kind of offensive and Mm. a little bit uh white culture talking down to black culture um Um, but i didn't mind it to be honest it would have been probably mid mid to high pack for me i mean excluding the the stuff about you know it being offensive and like probably not true yeah Um, i thought the performances were really good oh fantastic both both of them i was like it's a shame it's a shame for you guys that like there's so much controversy surrounding like the events of the film because mm. these performances are so good. Like, yeah, it, like, especially Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, but especially Mahershala. Ali. Yeah, true. <laughs> I true. don't, I don't know about any of the controversies or stuff that was made up. Can you elaborate oh, on that? Well, yeah. Well, so there's this film's got a lot of flack. If you read like any Reddit thread about the Oscars, everyone says Green Book shouldn't have been nominated. It's a fucking horrendous film. Um, because a lot of it's like, like so, Black Klansman ends with uh, it ends on a positive note, and you go, oh, haha, the what a, what a fun adventure that's now in the past, and then it goes, no, this is happening right now. This stuff is happening in your backyard. Whereas Green Book feels very much thanks to um, Tony Vallelonga, racism is now over. And I mean, look, if in Black Klansman, there's a scene where they watch uh, Birth of a Nation, if they just put on Green Book instead, the movie would be over. Because <laughs> the KKK would be cured. Or if they watch Crash. Yeah, or if they watch Crash. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's similar to Crash in the sense that it's very reductive of racism. It's kind of cardboard cutouts. White um, man saves African-American man at various points in the movie. Yeah. But having said that, I loved this film i thought it was so, like i fully bought into if you look at it like it's not trying to be this big story about racism that's going to change the world it's just a story about two unlikely friends yeah it's yeah. it's a lot better and i 100 when i walked out of it i was like this is 
like if this came out in 1995, people would talk about it the same way they talk about Forrest Gump. Yeah, mm. it's got it's got a few moments or scenes in it that are this. I had the same thought, Richard, where I was like, yeah, if this came out 20 years ago, uh, this would be a scene people you know quote to their friends in mm. jest. Now it'd be a, a scene that gets parodied in, on The yeah. Simpsons. You know, like like, <laughs> like we've we've come so far in our depictions of racism and like nuanced characters that this film does feel very simple now and maybe there isn't a place for it in today's culture but i mean the 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 you know the 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 non-cynic in me still loved this film whereas the cynic in me took over bohemian rhapsody Mm. um but yeah there is there is some really really good stuff in this and there's some really fun stuff i do love how so it's revealed um, about halfway or two thirds of the way through the film that Don Shirley's gay as well. And so, you know, he doesn't feel like he's welcome anywhere kind of thing. But uh, they're driving in the rain. They get pulled over and then he's Don Shirley's had enough. So Mahershala Ali gets out of the car and it's in the pouring rain. And Tony's like, where are you going? And Mahershala turns around and is like, if I'm not black enough and I'm not white enough and I'm not man enough, then what am I? And it's like this beautiful, like, that's his Oscar scene. And then he just gets back in the car. He just wanted to deliver that speech in the rain <laughs> so that it would look good on his Oscar reel. <laughs> and then, so, because, because this was directed by Peter Farrelly, and who's famous for, his last film was Dumb and Dumber 2. Uh, but, you know, something about Mary, Dumb and Dumber. Uh, so... You can't expect too much nuance from him, and I don't know. It, it's it's weird it's, because my my praise for this film is the same reason I don't like Bohemian Rhapsody is because I love Green Book because it's like it's a formula that works. It's a <laughs> it's two friends, but I think it's more that the theme of Green Book or the the relationship in Green Book is the formula that works. The friends that become that are unlikely friends become best buddies at the end of it whereas bohemian rhapsody is the scenes and the exact beats that we've seen a hundred times yeah yeah the um yeah I, f- I feel like peter farrelly directing this as like a little kid wanders into a, a room where all these like grown-ups are doing something really cool and he kind of like has his you know he's got his tongue out and he's like like connecting these little scenes together and these little ideas and he writes the story and he he writes it on on a4 paper and folds it so now it's a book and he, and he like <laughs> he like makes it and he's like i made it too and it's like it just happened yeah. so happened that it, it kind of slipped through the cracks of um slipped through the cracks or the op- whatever the opposite of slipping through the cracks is and rising rising <laughs> through the yeah and ended cracks. up second second to most likely to win yeah that's nuts because i liked this film i did i thought it was cool it made me very hungry because it's depiction of like american italian cuisine i was like mm, this man. is the type of food i like to eat <laughs> speaking of um american italian cuisine i had an idea today so you guys know like vietnamese the the pho pho the, the mm-hmm. dish yeah um i want to open a vietnamese italian restaurant uh which is which sells far filled with pasta and it's called forget about it <laughs> very good very good um Classic. so don't steal that idea <laughs> please steal it everybody go and steal forget about it do you think well, it, richard do you reckon you're the only person to think of that in the whole world do you um, reckon hey do you reckon um fucking eat a dick <laughs> i'm gonna look up forget about it i'm gonna ruin your <laughs> it's already a thing there's a restaurant in america that does it uh well 
it's funny we said Peter Farrelly walking into the meeting with his tongue out because uh, if you read some of the stories, it's not what he had out when he walked into meetings. Oh, no. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> you heard about this? No. Not a segue. Um, no. Yeah, so it's like it came out that um, uh, he used to get it. He, he got his dick out to convince um, Cameron Diaz to do this something about Mary. And everyone was like, that's it. Green Book's career. Like, Green Book's not getting anything. Peter Farrelly blacklisted. Um, and Greenless. basically he came out and said, like, guys, you weren't there. It was actually really funny. Um, she wouldn't have done the movie if I hadn't gotten my dick out at the audition. What um, does that mean? What, and what then, he provide context? And then they were like, Cameron Diaz, like, what, how, are you traumatized? She's like, oh, no, it was so funny. I wouldn't have done the movie if you hadn't done it. <laughs> so now it's fine. <laughs> like, what, was the, what was the parameters that made that the clincher for her? Was it, was, did she literally say, all right, I'll do the movie if you get your dick out? And he's well, like, maybe. I'm really but- insecure. I don't want to show you. And she's like, Dude, if you get your dick out, maybe it was like a fun kind of. F- yeah, no, like that's the thing. But like, because everyone dick was between outraged. Friends, you know, everyone was outraged for like a day, and then Cameron Diaz was like, "No, it was fine. It was hilarious." Um, <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, "Okay, I guess." I forgot to mention before we get to the number one. I talked. We talked about um, a really lowbrow joke in one of the films. I forgot to mention uh, a lowbrow joke in Black Panther when she's like, "What are those?" Imagine if Black yeah. Panther wins, and then there's and like one a of those becomes reference. the first meme to ever win Best Picture. Yeah, shame the guy, um, the guy that started it died. Oh no! Um, so he won't be there. We need a biopic about him, and it ends with a beginning in Black Panther. <laughs> uh, uh, the one thing I did want to say, I was leading up to this, and then Richard went on his rant about forget about it, and I was like, goodbye, goodbye, anecdote, as it floated away. Oh uh, yeah, I hate the, when that happens. The, the, the world of talking about yeah, um, does it all the time. Vietnamese <laughs> so you Italian want to cuisine. Just forget about it. <laughs> yeah, I liked. Green book but i will be shocked if this wins best picture in 2019 yeah yeah, yeah. it's not the it's not the best picture it's yeah. not a 2019 movie that's yeah. the that's what it comes down to but you know what is a 2019 movie tell me with uh 1.42 odds so don't bother bidding your money unless you're barely gonna get anything back nominated for 10 awards including director actress supporting actress original screenplay foreign film sound editing and sound mixing production design and cinematography is roma Roma! So, what did you guys think of this film? So, what's it about? Can someone give us a, uh, a so scrippy? A, you know just, how a scrippy? people <laughs> say, like, like a film, the logline will be like, a portrait of blah, 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 blah. This is what they mean when they say that. It's a portrait of, like, 1970s Mexico and a portrait of this uh, Mexican housekeeper. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of just like this, she's pregnant and it's with all everything else going on behind her mm. and it just paints this beautiful picture. Um, it's in black and white. It was written, directed, produced, shot and edited by Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah. Um, and he's like the favorite in a lot of those categories to win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you guys think of it? For good reason. Yeah. Like he should be the favorite because yeah. it's an amazing movie. Um, also I should say as well before I watched it Rich was like Aaron you'll love this movie it's right up your alley Um, and I started watching it for the first third because the first third is very much just like follows the domestic life of this Mexican servant slash um, housekeeper. Um, And I was like fuck you Richard you don't know me I find this quite boring (laughs) and then 
at the end, I was like, no, the first third was necessary. Otherwise, we wouldn't have this beautiful crescendo. Yeah. Uh, like, Richard does know he me. He does know me because I have great taste in things. <laughs> um, yeah, holy shit. It's so good, man. It's, yeah. uh, it's- it, it, it is a very good film. It, it, it wasn't, it didn't resonate with me in the same way a lot of other films did. I think just because it's like, it's not for me necessarily um like i i I understand that there are some people that this would be like you know beautiful Mm. like peak cinema for and i'm not arguing that in any way it's just like it's of of what i'm into that didn't necessarily resonate with me but it is amazing that uh, not only a foreign film, but one that went straight to Netflix mm-hmm. is like the favorite for Best Picture. This will, if this wins, this will be the first foreign film to ever win Best Picture. Um, yeah, that's like I think either the third or the fifth nominated, and also Netflix winning Best Picture is like a huge landmark moment in yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the Academy Awards. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so I would say I'm more inclined to agree with you, Richard, in terms of what I thought of it. Um, I, what you said about Black Klansman, Aaron, that's kind of how I felt about this movie. Or the, the the way I've been putting it when people have asked me what I thought of it, I'd say if no one told me it was a good movie, I don't think I'd recognize it as a good movie. Yeah, see, that, that feels really interesting. interesting for me. Like, it's one of those movies, people are like, what did you think of it? I'd be like, yeah, like, it was great. I wouldn't be like, oh, my gosh. But then the, like, should I watch it? I'd be like, 100% yes. Watch mm. it. It's an experience. It's such a beautiful piece of cinema. Yeah. And maybe it's because it's a Netflix film and Netflix films are either the worst things ever or the front runner for Best Picture at the Oscars 2019. <laughs> you know, I don't know. There was – I needed – if if because I could have watched this whole film not known the director, you know, not known – that there's stuff to read into it and just gone away and be like, ah, oh, I didn't really understand it. I didn't really like, like, obviously I understood the linear stuff that's happening on screen, but if it's like, yeah, but what is Roma about? I'd be like, I don't really know. Um, and, well, then it's the point. Yeah. It, yeah, maybe it is. And in a, in a way, like this, this is going to, this sounds real cheap and real like hipster of me. And I truly don't mean it to, but I apologize if you, Listen, you hear me say what I'm about to say and you want to turn it off, but like finding out other people liked it made me like it more. Right. So like I put it, yeah. I, I placed so, it somewhere. Sorry, I might just, <laughs> I might just end the call with yeah, you yeah. and Aaron and I will finish the okay. podcast. Um, because I placed it somewhere <laughs> in my, in my like 2018 ranking when I initially saw it. And then I, this morning I put it above a few other films. You know what I mean? Because of having not seen it again, but having understood the allure of it. And like, I don't know what that sounds, if that sounds like I'm I'm a poser or whatever, but I think it's more learning and understanding its its place in the world um, became a lot more satisfying, I guess, and a lot more interesting to me. And I think, uh, yeah, I think that like, I don't know, it's a hard movie because I think maybe because it's got all the stuff that I wouldn't, that would would fly under the radar. Like I said, it's a Netflix film and it's a foreign film, which I don't typically watch a lot of in my in my life at all. You know, so like none of these things make it stand out. The only thing that I would say made it stand out for me would be that I really like Alfonso Cuarón. Um, yeah, this yeah. and the cinematography. Oh, oh my god! Mm. And Even the, black and white, it's yeah. easily yeah. the best. And the and. I, th- I think I messaged you when I was watching it, Richard, and I was like, "This I don't know how long it's got left, but it could end in two minutes or 20 minutes, and you know, it could go either way. I, I, mm. I couldn't tell you when it was going to end. And that was before 
the beach scene, which is the like poster of the movie and yeah. kind of the the yeah. big moment of the film. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I got to that moment, um, which I mean, if we're spoiling it, I'll just reiterate it for those who haven't seen it which is um she's she's babysitting the kids and they go and play in the ocean and one and two of them start drowning and in in one shot she walks into the water and and she can't swim herself i think and then she Mm. pulls them out and they all they all hug together and cry on the beach um and the big thing is so yeah she's 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 lost the baby yeah she's lost her baby and she mentions to I think the mother or someone she mentions that she didn't actually want the baby. Yeah, and it's quite a and it's quite a hard hitting moment. And when that happened, everything I just said before about how I felt about this movie that was the one part where I was like, "Yeah, okay, this is the this is the moment of the film." Yeah, you know, well, this is can, the- can can we just talk about uh, Yelitsa Aparicio? What a fucking performance for someone who's never acted before, mm. who's just like just looked the part because the whole thing was basically made from Alfonso Cuarón's memory, mm. um, and so apparently the production designers just had, had a real difficult time because they're like, "What did it look like?" And he's like, oh, "I remember it differently." Um, Who, wait, so is it based on what's it based on? Uh, it's um, inspired by his life growing. Oh, up. really? I didn't know that. Um, at all. And so it's um, yeah, and he kept the script from the actors. So Yelitsa Aparicio didn't know that she was losing the baby until they shot that scene. And it's one take of, of like, so she gives birth to the baby. It's shot from the side. They take the baby um, to the side. So you can see it like sort of blurry in the background and she doesn't know what's going on. And it's like acted to perfection. And the actress, you know, had what, 20 minutes to prepare for that. Mm. And it's, it's and I say actress, but in quotation marks because she's not an actress. Yeah, but mm. it's such such a well done film. Yeah, and it, it deserves all the praise it's getting. Yeah, it I guess I picture. guess I'm trying to make it sound like I'm not uncultured for not really getting this movie, but it probably is just because I'm uncultured. I'll be <laughs> willing to admit that. I think that's it, probably why. I, I don't know. I want to watch it again. I think. Yeah, it is a very foreign language film in mm. the sense that like. There's a lot of kind of subconscious things and a lot of like just weird stuff happens. Like yeah. there's a bit where, uh, and you'd never get this in like an, an English language film where there's like trees burning in the background and the the villagers trying to like get put out the fire that all yeah. these trees are on fire. And then like right in front of the camera, this guy just appears and he's wearing this weird outfit and he just starts singing in um, <laughs> yeah. Spanish. And it's like, you would never find this moment in an English language piece of cinema. And there's a whole lot of stuff about like, like the, there's a whole lot of stuff in there that like you would never happen in an English language. Like basically it took me about 30 minutes before I was like, does this movie have a plot? Yeah, or- I think that's you want to get on board. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is for me. Is I and I've talked about this before on other episodes of the podcast, and I think I even talked about it with last year's Oscars. Is like the plot. The plot of a movie is, is like like I would say probably like many film goers, the plot of a movie is the main thing I grab onto. And there's been a big movement with like prestigious film to kind of like be very like minimal with external plot and so i can't just sit back and watch a movie um and enjoy it and let it wash over me with films like roma or films like um ladybird was a big one where it's like i actually have to actively throw my mind into this film and appreciate other things about it Mm. 
There's a time and a place them. for them. There's a certain yeah. mood you should be in to watch them as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's. I yeah. guess they become more authentic or they appear to become more authentic portraits of life, you know, when they don't necessarily have a plot because, like, yeah. you know, your life doesn't have a plot, you know, yeah. which sounds it's really like, lame when I say it out loud. Yeah, I, like I loved Boyhood because it's life with all the interesting things taken out. Yeah. It's like... It's just a like it's a portrait. That's what I said at the start. Like, mm. yeah, this is just this is a glimpse. Of, it, it's a piece. Of, it's a work of art that shows this person's life. Yeah, yeah. But nice. I think that for me, the most interesting stuff is that juxtaposed with all of the like large socio economic yeah. and like the political going things on going on in Mexico at that point. Yeah, yeah. That, versus, that's that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So that is. Your cheat sheet for those. But um, so the Oscars are coming up on Monday. They're, if you're in New Zealand, they're being screened free to air on TV2. And we're going to be watching it. We have a little Oscar party at my house. AJ's Woo! not coming. But uh, we've printed off. If you guys are Redditors, you will have seen that uh, every year they do do Oscars bingo. Uh, so this is like things where you can tick off. And I'll give uh, a, an example. Like so... One of my squares says, Mahershala Ali acknowledges that Green Book isn't totally accurate. <laughs> so if that happens during the telecast, I get that square. So um, yeah, we've all printed off bingo sheets. They're all different. Some of them will um, you know, overlap. But have you guys got any funny ones you wanted to read out that, that people at home can, can look for as well? I've got a reference to Thanos Snap. Um, oh, yeah? I've got uh, Denzel looks like he'd rather be anywhere else. Um <laughs> Joke about all the Queen movies this year, referencing the favourite and Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also got veiled joke about Brian Singer, which I kind of wish wasn't on my. Yeah, I've got sheet. my top left corner says someone accidentally thanks Brian Singer. Hey, that's my top left corner <laughs> as well. Mm. Um, um, yeah, so I don't. Yeah, some of this stuff I don't think is going to happen. Which yeah, is- some of them are just like, well, this is stupid. This isn't happening. <laughs> and then some of them are like. Um, the, the free space in the middle is the band tries to cut off someone's speech. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have Chadwick Boseman does an unenthusiastic Wakanda Forever. <laughs> I've just got Wakanda Forever, which, by the way, was that the other song you were saying that might beat? Oh, no, all, all the stars from um, Black Panther, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's its closest. Not, um, yeah, I know the song's not called Wakanda Forever. Yeah, <laughs> which is a great song, Kendrick Lamar and Zah. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about it, and I actually don't know which I prefer, to be honest. Yeah, I've gotten real into all the stars lately. Yeah, it's good. You it's, know what it's the, a real song. good song. The worst square I've got on my bingo is what? Maya Ru- Rudolph and Amy Poehler get lots of laughs for this segment. Yeah, that's what, what I've got there on there. Of as course well, they will. What are you talking about? Yeah, but what if they don't have a segment? <laughs> oh, is that what the? That should be what it is then, not because mm. of course um, they'll get lots of laughs. They're comedic comedy. Comedians. I've got. <laughs> In a similar vein, AJ, I've got President of the Academy gives a boring speech. <laughs> Who decides? That should be a free space. Yeah, I've got um, like and like blank movie is the movie we need now more than ever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I've got call for Trump's impeachment, which would be interesting. Oh yeah, um, I've got um, sequel to Black Klansman set in the White House joke. Um, <laughs> so another thing that we're doing to spice up the awards. As we're putting some real money on the line, um, I mentioned the uh, using the like odds for um, you know the the best picture nominees. So you can actually go and bet actual money on any category you want. Um, but there's also a bunch of like 
fun little things you can you can do. So um, we're going to choose five bets. We're going to place five bets, five dollars each, and then we'll come back on Monday evening and see how we did. So um, some I've I thought might be good. Um, who do you guys reckon will be the last person to appear on the in memoriam sequence? So the the, the favourites to win this: um, Burt Reynolds, Aretha Franklin, Milos Forman, um, Bernardo Bertolucci, Andrew Andrew G Vanya. However, I think I'm going to go for I reckon Albert Finney because he was very recent and he's a pretty big star. There's 15 to one odds. What's Aretha Franklin sitting at? Five. Five to one. Nah, let's go the bigger odds. We want to make yeah, big yeah. money, let's, right? Let's let's pick the big let's bet the big one on each of these. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um what's another good one? Um, we just have to make enough to make it all back off of one win. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Will Green Book win the most Oscars? Yes, eight. No, one point five. Uh, no, it won't. No, nah, it won't. Uh, definitely won't. Okay, um, will the last person to appear on the in memoriam sequence be male or female? Male is two point two. Female is one point six. Let's bet for female, even though we bet <coughs> a male would be the person. Yeah. All right. Wait, does that mean we're sort of betting, hedging our bets at this point? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being absurdist. That's all I was all right. going for. Okay, let's uh, go. Sorry if you can't handle my absurdist humor. <laughs> That's a right. Apology accepted. <laughs> okay. Will the last person to appear on the in memoriam sequence be a director? What? Let's not yes. do another one of these. We can't do another. <laughs> they're all based, They're all contradict each other. That'd be great. Okay. Uh, this is a good one. How many Oscars will Roma win? Over three point five or under three point five? Um, so point five. Over is one point is one point six. Under is two point two. I'm going, uh, can we go under? So you're going three or less? That would be real disappointing to me personally, but I feel I like I feel it like it's happen. got cinematography, director, and picture in the bag. I don't know. I just don't know about picture, though, eh? Interesting. Uh, I'd say go with Aaron. Under. Under? Okay. Fucking have some balls, guys. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> Vote plus for the, like, the unlikely. I'll be, I'll be happy if we win or we lose. Okay, here, here's a good one. Um... So this is who will Mahershala Ali thank first in his acceptance speech. So we can say either Vigo Mortensen, Peter Farrelly, or Amitus Sami Karam. Can we go other? <laughs> uh, no. So it's just like will Mahershala Ali thank Vigo Mortensen first? Yes for six. Um, no for one point zero nine. Um, I don't think he'll thank Vigo first. Nah. I don't think so. What about Pete? Yeah, it'll be Pete. Oh yeah, let's go Peter Farrelly. Who's the third guy? Um, should we look it up? Let's look it up. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's look it up, everybody. I, by Where the way, I googled. Oh, it's, it's his wife. I googled forget about it, and all the uh, all the results are like, did you mean forget about it? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, or or would you think he'll think his wife first? I reckon he'll think his wife first. Okay. Oh, but I feel like I'm telling everyone what to do at the moment. Nah, dude, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do, do. I definitely agree with you. you saying, Eric, okay. okay, let's see if there's any more fun ones we can do. We'll do one more. 
Or should we just bet it all on Vice winning Best Picture? Yes. For a hundred and fifty one <laughs> fucking dollar return. Wouldn't be worth it. It actually just wouldn't be worth it for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's a good one. Uh, who will make the longest acceptance speech out of Best Actor and Best Actress? Best Actor. Yeah, Best Actor. They always go on. Damn male entitlement. Yeah. This is what, see, I feel like Best Actress because it's probably going to be Glenn Close. Ooh. And she's probably going to have a lot to say. Ooh. I haven't even seen that movie. Man, I'm going to be gonna bummed. Go, I'm going to say Best Actress. Okay, you put, yeah, you do it, man. You do, you do what feels right, but you are sexist for choosing Best Actress. Okay, so... If you're playing along at home, uh, we're betting Albert Finney will be the last person to appear on In Memoriam. The last person to appear on In Memoriam will be female. <laughs> um, Roma will win three or less Oscars. Mahershala Ali will thank his wife first. And the Best Actress winner's speech will be longer than um, the Best Actors. You know what I think Roma winning less than three Oscars is? What? It's sort of the equivalent of like being a liberal going into the election like, yeah, I can feel the seeds of change. <laughs> and then watching it and being like, oh, yeah, that's right. And not everyone's the same yeah. as me. Yeah, it's um, exactly like Roma Roma is the Donald Trump of the Oscars this year. <laughs> <laughs> so we stand to win $127. Wow. All of those, which is impossible. Um but if we do a multi-bet, which is like we only win if all of those win, we win $2,000. Let's do that. Good no, well, they, they, <laughs> It says, some of your selections cannot be combined. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's called hedging your bets, internet. Right. <laughs> Let's. Um, I, wonder so which, I will place those bets. And then, I wonder which ones cannot be combined. <laughs> <laughs> the dumb ones AJ made us do. Um, um, <laughs> Hey, okay, well, this so, has gone probably over time, so let's let's wrap up. Let's um, wrap up, and so we will see you after the Oscars. And if you want to support us, find us on Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Instagram, um, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Join our Patreon, and you can see what we. Yep. This, your money we're wasting. Yep. Dub 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 dot patreon dot com slash Um We love you, and we'll see you Monday night, uh, New Zealand time. Bye. Um, bye. Bye, everybody. See you, Aaron. <laughs> See you, Richard. <laughs> no, he's already stopped recording. All right. <laughs>